0: He's blank I'm Bradham, 713-780-ESPN. The Astros had, held a press conference earlier today. They announced Joe Espada as the new manager of the Houston Astros, taking over for Dusty Baker. Joe Espada did thank Dusty Baker, so... Dusty Baker partly right, that people would be thanking him. Joe Espada thanked him. Uh, What's your initial read on uh, the Astros announcing Joe Espada? As manager, Blankers, how do you like the decision?
1: Uh, I think that this, and there's so many questions, like you said, that go with it about was there a handshake deal under the table all along uh, when he was up for other jobs and then suddenly didn't get him. Um, But this is the safest decision for a franchise that doesn't need to rock the boat because of how well it's been going for seven-plus years. This is a, a, a guy that knows every bit about the internal workings of this franchise from the players, the ownership, the management, uh, and everything that goes with the success that the Astros have had. And you did run the risk, no matter who you brought in from outside the organization, of getting a guy that could actually screw that up to some degree. This is, this is the perfect coach, manager for this job at this period in time where this franchise sits. Because he already has the respect and a relationship with, I dare say, everyone in that locker room. He already has communication with the GM and the owner. And if he wants to, he can keep the majority of the coaching staff the same. And he can do you know a lot of the same things to where nothing's going to be grossly different for all these players that have performed and, and this team that has performed at such a level. I think this was the smart and the right move to make for the Houston Astros, regardless of how it got done. And I think that he is going to be just fine taking over for Dusty Baker.
0: Yeah, there was, there were was several managers I would have been good with. Uh, Joe Espada was, was on that list. So I, I like that Joe Espada uh, is the manager for the Astros. It, it was telling if they hired Joe Espada, and it was telling if they didn't. Uh, if they hired him, then they really like Joe Espada. If they don't, then they don't like Joe Espada, which is true for every candidate. But because you had him in-house for so long, and Dana Brown even made the co- the uh, comment today that he was interviewing Joe Espada really throughout the entire year and that he didn't even know it. Espada didn't even know it. So Dana was comfortable with it. I thought it was interesting that Jim Crane was not there. Uh, he was not there, and one of Dana Brown's first comments was that he thanked Jim Crane for allowing him to lead the process, which tells you two things. One, uh, which I like, is that maybe this means that ownership meddling isn't going to happen as much. Ownership and his friends making critical decisions for this organization maybe is going to diminish a bit, which is encouraging to me. I don't want that happening. Uh, The second thing it also tells me, because Crane had that huge line, I think it was with James Click, uh, whenever he traded uh, Miles Straw. And I think it had something to do with either Chaz or Jake. I forget the exact one. Are you willing to be fired for this guy? And it might have been even whenever they were talking about Starling Marte and free agency. I think this this is what happened here, is that Dana Brown very much wanted Joe Espada as the manager. And I think that Crane probably told Dana Brown, okay, that's fine, but are you willing to get fired because of Joe Espada? Which means that they're hitched, they're together, they're a partnership, they're a marriage going forward. That's the two things that it told me with, uh, with no owner present for the introduction of Joe Espada.
1: Yeah, look, I think that I'll add another wrinkle to it from what you said, Jeremy, and that is that Jeff Bagwell wasn't sitting there front and center, doing a majority of the interviews and people talking to him as if he was a significant part of everything that's going on with the Houston Astros right now. And whether it's perception or reality or somewhere in between, I think what this franchise needed to do was show some support for Dana Brown was show that they trusted in a guy that they went out and hired and, and, and basically gave control of the franchise on a day-to-day basis to let him do his job, to let him go get his guy and to find the right guy, and we always talk about this, when you're a general manager and you already inherit a, a team that has a manager or a coach, it's really tough and it's hard to judge until and at a certain point you want the ability to hire your own guy. If indeed this is Dana's hire and this is his own guy and he was you know, interviewing him throughout the year in different situations and, and throughout the season, then... I like, I like that because I think he should be able to do those kind of things, and it really felt like he was being neutered with some of the comments early on after Dusty resigned in the fact that, yeah, Crane and Bagwell and all these other guys were going to have a say. And you want the, the guy that you hired to replace a successful guy and Click for a successful franchise like this to have the ability to go out and find the guy that he feels most comfortable with because we know that there were times where, whether it was lack of communication, lack of power, whatever – he and Dusty weren't completely aligned on all things. This gives you more of a chance that there'll be more synergy internally when they're getting into lineups and players and other things.
0: Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. You don't know how the relationship's going to turn out, though. I mean, we've seen True. bad GM manager, GM head coach uh, partnerships in the past. But I do think that, that, that uh, Crane gave Dana this one but wouldn't give him another one. Like if Espada does not work, then that's going to be on Dana Brown. So hopefully Dana uh, is correct and Joe Espada turns out to be a really good manager. And most of us wanted Joe Espada. I think I think mm-hmm. it's a, pretty universal in the city uh, that Joe Espada was uh, was the right answer here. I, I thought, too, like usually interviews, they get out there, there was zero reports, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, or Blankers or Joe, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I didn't see a single report on another candidate interviewing for this job, which makes me think, and I have a theory, and I don't think it's very unpopular, I think most people have had this theory, that Joe Espada was the manager in waiting for this organization for the last three years, maybe even four years. That they kind of had an agreement that when Dusty retires, whenever it is, you're going to be our next manager. Espada went on a bunch of interviews, never, you know, maybe was never even offered, but never took another managerial job around baseball. And then all of a sudden, Dusty does retire. And according to reports, the lack of reports, the only man that was interviewed for this position was Joe Espada.
1: Yeah, look, I was kicking it around and throwing it out there way back when before Dusty even left or before Dusty was again hyper analyzed all the time by a bunch of you know bloggers and tweeters. Because of the fact that it was just so odd that suddenly a guy that was such a hot commodity that all these teams wanted to talk to was not getting these other gigs and sometimes you know was a finalist but then wasn't, you know, considered for a second finalist interview or all the different ways all these different scenarios played out where you're like how, how, did, how did the guy that they select, how is that better than Joe Espada and where he's coming from and his background and who he's been with and all these different things on his resume? I just feel like there were two guys to where it was the safest bet for your franchise, and that was Lopez and, and Espada. But the fact that you went with a guy that had been with AJ, that had been with Dusty, that knows every, like I said, nook and cranny and individual within this organization, including all the players and starting there, that this was the right guy at the right time for the right team. And, and I think that that's why I feel so good about it because I don't care that they didn't go out. There weren't other names that kind of wowed me that said, ooh, I think that guy would be uh, you know, perfect for this job and could take it to another level. It's hard to take it to another level compared to where this team has been. And so, therefore, I don't want to screw anything up either, and I think that Joe Espada can be the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, I do like the continuation part of that as well. Uh, Joe was asked the whole analytics question, which is always a hot topic when it comes to managers. Uh, Espada gave the you know, stock. It's going to be a balance of analytics and a human element, which, you know, that's great. Let's see how it all actually works out. You know, what you say to press conference versus what you do when you're managing the 162 and then hopefully postseason matters way more. Uh they mentioned that they still have some work to do when it comes to the staff. He he only got one staff question, and it was who's gonna replace you as the bench coach? Uh there's been some rumors about Gary Pettis moving on, then maybe he does stay. Uh he wasn't asked about the entire staff. So like the the status of Miller and Murphy and Cintron and Snitker was not something that came up. Uh if you hire a spot, I would like them to just continue with the same coaching staff that they have. The other question is you know Omar Lopez. Like I, I, want Omar Lopez to also get that promotion. Like if you're hiring from within, mm-hmm. Joe Espada gets bumped up to manager from the bench coach. I want to see Omar Lopez get bumped up to 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 be the bench coach and take over for Espada.
1: I I think it's the right thing to do. I think you know he managed in the WBC. You see a guy that has aspirations of doing that. And I think he deserves it. I think that, again, another guy that has respect to the players in that locker room, that works hard. And if you ever go to a game early and you see that Espada and Lopez were out there working with players and and busting their tail to help players get better and get extra work in, then you know that their dedication is there, the respect of the players is there. And I think that that they all deserve it because they've all been very good at their craft and being a part of this team, doing what it's been able to do. You can find other base coaches, and, and whether it's health really reasons or otherwise, if Gary Pettis moves on, if Lopez goes to be your bench coach, Joe gets to hire two quality guys that he feels good about relationship-wise and baseball-wise for his base coaches. But yet, for the, again, for the continuity of the rest of the team, I'm fine keeping the rest of the coaching staff the same.
0: 713-780-3776 out to the HRMP listener line. Chris, you're in the hive with the bees. What's going on, Chris?
2: Yeah, what's going on, Branham Like I say, you know, I wasn't I wasn't
0: real real convinced
2: that a spotter was going to be the right choice just because in baseball or in other sports as well, you know, the assistant coach doesn't normally get promoted on the same team. So I wasn't really sure with the respect factor and and everything that goes with being a a head coach, how that was going to translate. But after listening to his comments today and the press conference and on the flagship, I, I feel really, really good about this hire, and I'm looking forward to this season, and I think his point today, what I heard more than anything, was that he and Dana get along, and that he and Dana are going to work together, and that he is, you know, um, happy to to be working with Dana. I just kind of felt like that was a, a point of emphasis today for him. Um, you know, make, making the distinction between him and the and the previous manager. So, great, great, great Monday to be in sports radio talk, right, guys? I mean, what a weekend for Houston! And uh, enjoy the show, y'all. Have a good one.
1: Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Look, uh, we're up against it a little bit, but I, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. I I, I think a lot of people have that mentality. I think that I don't think a lot of the fans needed the press conference today to be won over or convinced Joe Espada was the right guy for the job. But again, we talk about it from our perspective of sometimes we take it to the level of analyzing how they handle the media, how they handle questions. You know, is he a real one? It seems like from everything with his family and his daughters. If you want to see the the real emotional side of things, to just the true baseball guy and being a member of this franchise. Uh, for so long and understanding how it works, this was the right guy at the right time for this franchise.
0: Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like, Espada was on that list for me. Appreciate the call, Chris, and it is a good day uh, to be a Sports Talk radio host in, in Houston. There's no doubt about that. Uh, someone texted in too that he admitted that he was the one who made the decision in the ninth inning of game five, uh, 6927. He was asked that. Now, he also said that he and Dusty and the entire coaching staff talk about potential scenarios before the game ever starts. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a scenario that they already went over. Like, yeah, Spada said, "I'm the one who pulled the trigger." Of course, he was. He was the only. Um, he was the. Only, he was the guy in charge after Dusty was ejected, and Dusty, by rule, is not allowed to make decisions. Now it's one of the. You know unknown things around baseball that managers will still manage the game from the clubhouse. Um, I mean, so oh, he, yeah. he said what he had to say. Yeah, like, Jeremy,
1: you and I both know you're a walkway away from the manager and it's, it's his team. I don't think he's going to do anything without at least communicating with the manager wherever he's sitting in the ballpark.
0: Yeah, I just – I mean, if, if that's what we're looking at as a reason to hire a spotter I think it's silly. Like, I want a spot, it, like Chris said, to be hired because he knows the clubhouse. He knows the team. He knows that – you know. and Dana Brown has confidence in him. If he was hired because of his actions in game five in the ninth inning, then those are the wrong reasons to be hiring him. Uh, 713-780-3776. Mailbag Monday at 4.30. We, we come back. we got to hand out game balls from around the NFL. Who deserves game balls from around the league? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN ninety 92.5. Gentle Ben deserves a game ball each and every night. I've been a, General ben for a, I've been a fan of Gentle Ben for a while now, and it's the best. It all starts with the finest ingredients, classic, time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses their innovative process that removes the harshness and heat that's found in most spirits. The result of that is unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience. You get all the flavor, none of the burn. How about that? Gentle Ben takes away the bite, takes away the burn, and it allows for an Enjoyable drinking experience. You'll love what's not in Ginobin, including Fusel oils. Fusel is the German word for bad liquor. Bad liquor is not in Ginobin, never has been, Never will be. Gentle Ben offers vodka, gin, straight bourbon, whiskey, cask strength bourbon. All are fantastic. All in my rotation. What's in your rotation? Next time you're at dinner, ask for Gentle Ben at your favorite bar. Ask for Gentle Ben. Look for it at the liquor store. Head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room in Alvin as well. If you're going to a Rockets game, stop by Ben's bar and get a drink on the way to your seat. Also, look if you don't want to do any of that, you just want to go online and order from gentlebin.com, you can do that. You don't have to go out to get Gentle Ben. Go to gentlebin.com, add your favorite spirits to your cart, they'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. GentleBend.com. GentleBend Spirits makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, and your best customers. We know they'll love what's not in our spirits, too. Celebrate with Bin this holiday season. Give Bin this holiday season and consider your shopping list complete. ...to do what we do each and every Monday. We hand out game balls from... Really good games. What do you do a game ball? 713-780-3776 if you want to hand out some game balls. Uh, Blankers, why don't you do the honor? Who are you giving a game ball to first? I'm going
1: to give the first one to a guy that I've never been a big fan of, but that I had to give him his flowers after watching him do some things yesterday that no one else on their roster, I'm sorry Jeremy, was capable of doing. And that's Kyler Murray in the car, uh, of the Cardinals. Kyler Murray led a game-winning drive. Kyler Murray got back to old Kyler Murray things of scrambling around. And I think the one announcer said he ran over 60-some yards to gain a first down of almost 20 uh, by being esca- using his capability uh, and led his team down the field for a game-winning field goal for a Cardinals team that's been really bad most of the year. So I'll give one to Kyler Murray. Why'd you apologize to me? Because I don't really like him. Oh, because Clayton Tune. Clayton Toon oh. did get in for a 1-yard t- TD run.
0: I, I mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was malpractice to allow Clayton Toon to play last week. I felt like they did a I felt like they did him wrong by doing that. Uh Texans have Kyler Murray in Arizona yeah. next weekend, so Kyler is back. That's going to no, be a more here, difficult game. Yeah. it is. In here, Houston, yep. I believe. Uh it's going to be a more difficult game now that Kyler is back as opposed to, you know, Clayton Toon or Joshua Dobbs like it was before. Yeah, it is in Houston. Uh, first game ball I'm going to give is uh you know, I've always said good things about this guy. I've always said really good things about his play and his production. Dak Prescott, he went over 400 yards. Yes, the Giants are awful. They are terrible. They're one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league, when Danny Devito's their quarterback. He went for 404 and four touchdowns. When you do that to anybody in the NFL, you're getting a game ball. C.D. Lamb, 11 catches for 151 yards in one of those touchdowns. And Brandon Cooks. Nine catches, 173 yards, and one touchdown as well. Three game balls to the Big D and Dak Prescott.
3: Uh, I'm going to go Brock Purdy. What a, we balled out this weekend versus Jacksonville. They went 34 to three. I was questioning a lot of San Francisco stock about you know what they were the last two weeks before that, but they showed up. They dominated. and He played really, really, really good football. So I'll go Brock Purdy for my first one.
0: Yeah, that, was, uh, that game that game surprised me, Blankers.
1: I, I was when we were doing. I told you guys, if there was a third game that I could pick, I felt like this was the breakout game for the Niners. I just felt like, look, I, they're too good of a team to play that badly, but I was going to give one to the entire Niners well, team. We, we because, played that game. Did we really? Yeah, I thought we, we were going to stay away from okay, No, I good. think it was one Oh, Joe sold. picked it up. Good. Was it Joe or was it you? I, I had suggested but I already had two games, and then Joe picked it up and put it in there then, because I just felt like this team is too good, and it wasn't just Purdy. I mean, yeah, they added Chase Young, but that entire defensive line was just so disruptive, and you know, the, the only thing to be questioned was if McCaffrey's streak was going to get to 18 straight games with a touchdown, and they tried hard. But other than that, they showed that's the kind of team that they were supposed to be all year long.
0: Yeah, thank you to San Francisco. I was surprised how much of a dud that was for Jacksonville. But 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 because they won, San Fran, mm-hmm. and the Texans won, Texans control their yep. destiny in the yep. AFC South after 10 weeks of the NFL season. Who's your next game ball go to, Blinker? I'm going to give it to a guy that I think that – Dan Campbell.
1: Dan Campbell on a fourth and two, well within inside a field goal range with a chance to take the lead, went for it, got it, solidified the win, and just completely continued to add on to his now legacy of just being this ass-kicking, tough, great football coach that everybody loves because it took some pretty big stones to make a decision like that because it wasn't like you were teetering on field goal range. You were well within field goal range. And that game was a, just a complete score fest. But the fact that he did what he did, and obviously it had to work out, I'll give Dan Campbell the, the game ball for the Stones to make that call. Next, Texas A&M
0: head football no coach. is an alum. Went to school at A&M.
1: Why would you leave the good thing that and all this this love that he's got in
0: Detroit? $75 million guaranteed. It's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy answer. Can you say that? Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> B. Hannon says game ball. Keenan Allen, 175 yards, two touchdowns, 40 fantasy points. Either you have Keenan Allen or you were destroyed uh, by Keenan Allen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of yours, Blankers. Jared uh-huh. Goff, 333 yeah, yeah. yards, pair of touchdowns. Amon Ross, St. Brown, eight catches, 156 yards and a score. They get game balls. They're my favorite team in the NFC. And that game was a push. That game was a push. I want everybody to know that game was a push. All right, Joe.
1: Well, but on the other, and the one other thing too, Goff going back home, so to speak, going back to the the scene of the, the crime when he played for the Rams, and showing everybody that he was pretty damn good after all.
0: Yeah, pretty good after all,
3: Joe. Uh, I'm gonna circle back to a guy we gave, gave one to last week. Not not the big flashy numbers, but I just I can't get enough Josh Dobbs in my life. Yeah, yeah that story is incredible. It they is. win again this weekend. And like he just he just plays good enough to get it done pretty consistently. I don't know if he's ever a, a full time starting quarterback, but he's definitely the next Ryan Fitzpatrick at give, a bare minimum.
0: Uh, give Hawkinson part of that ball too. He was so good. Uh, Eleven for one thirty four and a and a tutter. So he gets one too. Uh, blankers. Um, I'm
1: gonna go another coach because I never saw it happening. And I talking about streaks. I thought a streak that would end for sure this year was the fact that I thought the Steelers were not going to be a 500 team or better this year, no matter how good Mike Tomlin was because of the fact that I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. I didn't believe that they had that good of a football team. The fact that now, no matter what, they've solidified in a very, very tough division, another winning season for Mike Tomlin, that's impressive to me. The fact that the Steelers beat a very bad Green Bay Packers team is not impressive to me. The fact that Mike Tomlin has once again with smoke mirrors and motivation got another football team over 500 and and continues to win that's impressive
0: jalen warren deserves part of that game ball too 15 carries 101 yards one touchdown Uh, i've been waiting for them to use him more he used him yesterday he was very very good uh i gotta give a game ball i hate doing this but yeah i'm transparent i call it like i see it Deshaun Watson gets a game ball. Deshaun Watson gets one. He started off awful. Yeah, Like he was one for seven with a pick, two for nine. Terrible. Awful. They were down 31-17, 11 and a half to play. I know the defense helped them. I know that. But they came from behind and won that game at Baltimore, who last week everybody was saying, oh, Super Bowl contender. He's got beat at home by Cleveland, and Deshaun Watson led the charge. I know his stat line doesn't look great, but you're down 14 with eleven and a half and a half to play, and your team comes back to win? i got to give stupid Deshaun Watson a game ball. Got
1: to do it. Uh, 14-14 to in the second half, and and some of the running plays he made. I hear you.
0: I got to do it. I got to do it. Key from L.A. Usually we don't give Texans game balls, but if other people want to do it, that's fine. Uh, Key from L.A., who's not a Texan fan. My game ball goes to the Texans offensive line and defensive line coach. They dominated the trenches all game long. Maybe he is a Texans fan now because his name's no longer Key from L.A. It's Key from Kirby. Uh, So that's that's something to keep in mind. And then Kevin, who's a Cowboy fan, D'Amico Ryans. Head coach of the Texans, game ball. Team is prepared and ready to play. I like that one because yep. they came out with that mentality yesterday that I loved to see. Joe, you want to wrap it up here, or is that good?
3: Yeah, I just want to give. I'll go back to the Cardinals game. Shout out and uh, game ball to Jonathan Gannon for making sure your team doesn't tank. I appreciate it. Panthers have the number one pick, which means the Bears do. So was a little self gratifying. Shout out there.
1: to pew, you, pew, Jonathan Gannon. Pew, be pew, be pew. careful about that team up north of did you ch- that's trying real hard
0: to be right there with you. So Panthers the the probably
3: will not win another game. This did season. you? Uh, they did stink. you?
0: Did you hear what Gannon told Dobbs before the trade deadline? They wouldn't trade him. Yeah, lied right to his face. Yeah. Brutal. That's That's not a good look, right? Pew, 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 Jonathan Gannon. All right, that does it for Game Balls. Let's go out to the HRP listener line, uh, 713-780-3776. Justin, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up, Justin?
2: Hey, hey, Jeremy. Hey, Blankers. Hey, Joe. Hey, How y'all doing? What's up, man? Hey, man, just making it. I appreciate you for uh, sending me love on this tough day for me. I uh, just wanted to call in and say thank you for everything. Y'all been here for me for a long time. And uh, just want to say thank you. Uh, thanks for being here for me. It means a lot. Uh, didn't even care about the game this weekend when we beat the Packers, really. I, I definitely appreciate y'all and keep on doing your thing. Much love from uh, the Kelms. We appreciate you so
1: much. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate the call. Hang in there, man. Be strong for your family. Uh, Justin lost his mother uh, this morning. I believe it was, but uh, has been a loyal listener to the show, so appreciate him taking a few minutes for us because he, he deserves everybody taking a few minutes for him and his family right now.
0: Yeah, that's rough. Sorry to hear that, Justin. Uh, Cougar family lost quite a bit too this weekend. Yes, they did. Uh, DJ Hayden, Zach McMillan, Ralph Aragwu. Tough, tough to wake up to that news and uh, tough to hear that about Justin as well. Wish them uh, and your family and friends all that uh, prayers your way, thoughts as well. Uh, 713-780-3776. When we return our mailbag Monday, you can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. 713 780 ESPN. You can ask the killer bees whatever you want. 713-780-3776. Start with B. Hannon's question on the Twitch. What's your favorite Asian cuisine?
1: Um Man. I would go. My go to is either
0: chicken teriyaki or chicken and broccoli. Do you put ketchup on it?
1: Nope. Sure don't
0: smart ass. I like um, I like a good hibachi steak. Hibachi fried rice is really good. I'm going. I like see. I like like to eat. I have so many answers here. A good beef and broccoli is very good. I like a good lo mein. You make a fried rice really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I like black pepper chicken. I'll I'll, Uh I'll mess with a little kung pao. Like I, I like to eat, as you can tell. Um, you know, you don't get a dad bod like this without liking to eat. So that's a difficult answer for me. I'll, I'll go low main if I had to pick one for the rest of my life, I guess. Uh, Joe? Uh, I'm going to go. You guys had, had a beef bulgogi? Huh?
3: It's a, It's just like it's a beef. Yeah. It, but you get a Korean barbecue. Yeah. I love Korean barbecue. It is like one of my favorite things to go to with a group. It's fun. It's the, I think it's the best thing on the menu, so I'm going to go bulgogi. Yeah, that's a good call.
1: I didn't I, know what a bulgogi was it, till now. It looks like my a
0: brain. Knows. But it's not My okay. wife loves the Korean barbecue. Oh, They're it's, so good. It's a it's a good time. I do have one small beef with it though, haha. <laughs> uh, uh, um grade the joke. I rather yeah, one. grade the joke, seven one three. Yeah, of course you'd say that. You're biased. Three. Um I would say I don't love cooking my own meal whenever I'm out to eat dinner. You don't like doing it at like all. talking like Benny Hana and all that. No, what... Benny is fine. I'm not. Cu- I'm not cooking at Benny. So Korea, you never like Korea had Korean barbecue, no, and you're have putting not. it over the fire yourself. Yeah. So uh... there's literally a
3: grill in the middle of the table, and you order like in bulk, and then you just like you cook it right there. The only thing I don't like about it is that if you don't get a good server, then sometimes the the grill is going to get a little worn, and like you need a new one, but they're not coming by
0: fast enough. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I'm not. I, I would not sign up for me having to cook it myself.
0: It's not, it's not hard, but I, I'm with you. Like I, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather somebody else cook for me whenever I'm going out to eat. Uh, Lamont says Texans will have some decisions to make next year with their own free agents. Uh, which of these expiring contracts do you prioritize the most?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I love what Cashman's brought to the table. He's been extremely fun to watch, and he's been a really good fit for this team. But you think about even our conversation going into this weekend and whether Singletary would be back or not. Singletary has looked great. Dalton Schultz keeps looking better. Um, You're talking about Sheldon Rankins. You're talking about guys that have played a significant role on this team. I don't know where you start in terms of the most important guy to bring back. I think you got to have a tight end first and foremost, but it depends on what price. But I think Schultz is a good one, and I I think Cashman's the top of my list.
0: I'll go uh, Cam Johnston. Uh, they need him. He's something that he's huge for them. One of the best punters in the league. I also think that, uh, I also think that if Nick Casario can find these guys on value deals, he shouldn't pay them tons of money. Just go find other guys on value deals. It's kind of like uh, a way I'd like him to operate Uh one nine seven zero. Why did the Rockets decide to change their uniforms after winning back-to-back titles and then going to the globe trotter unis? It's
1: a phenomenal question that when I worked for the team, we weren't really supposed to talk about But I know that even the players themselves did not want to go away from the ketchup and mustard and loved that. But I think money talks. And we all know that the owner that I worked for was all about making as much money as possible. And if there was a chance that new unis meant new merchandise purchases and more money in his pocket, then so be it.
0: Yeah, I heard he wanted to do it the year before, too. But uh, yeah, I've heard the same thing, and I heard that not from you. So there you go. And he
1: also did it again when they got Yao, and I don't think it was. You know, they made this big deal about they got this Broadway costume designer that had won Tony Awards. Let's be real. How close could those things be to Yao's national team jerseys? I mean, that's why he did it yet again because now he's getting international money.
0: I kind of like those. I like them way better than the, uh, the the pinstripes. Eric the driver is D'Amico the front runner for coach of the year.
1: I mean, supposedly Campbell could be slightly ahead of him or it's between those two guys. In my opinion, it should be D'Amico because Campbell was right there a a hair away from getting into the playoffs a year ago, and they're not the best team in the NFC. So if they just get in this year as opposed to how big of a stride that the Texans took, I would say it should be D'Amico.
0: Yeah, right now, Campbell's the favorite. He's at uh, plus 175, but D'Amico's plus 250. So he's hot on his heels. Technically, Campbell the favorite, but uh, D'Amico second. It's hard to vote against D'Amico, especially didn't if they get though? into the playoffs. Like, the Lions were supposed to be a playoff team this year after just missing last year and you know going into the final week with a chance and then won that game, but they didn't get the help that they needed. Uh, it's hard. If the Texans make the playoffs, and especially if they win the division, how are you not voting for D'Amico?
1: I don't know how you can't. I
0: mean, I just think that, again, from where everybody
1: projected them to be, who their last two coaches were and where everybody thought this franchise was? How can you not put him at the top of your list?
0: Yeah. Eight eight six three seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six by the way. Mailbag Monday with the Bees. He's Blank on Branham. If everyone at the station had a Royal Rumble, who wins? Do Blank and Branham team up against everyone till the end, or is it everyone for themselves?
1: I mean, if you just go by like self-accolades, promotion, and gym time, I think that Connor and Beard run away from it, run away with it in their own mind. And Beard just wants to wear tights and maybe a mask. But um, I, I don't know how people really love these questions so much. Everything show on show crime is like top of everybody's list.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I think we got a fight. Uh, we got a fighting chance. I think uh, I, I win this easily. Oh, here um, we go again. I'm going to go under the ring and hide there, and then whoever thinks they won it, it's going to be celebrating in the ring, and I'm going to run up behind him and knock him over the top rope. Branham wins. He's the champion of Royal Rumble, and he's going to move on to headline WrestleMania. 713-780-3776. 0613, what type of donut for breakfast? What's the choice? I think that was my Kitchen is Dirty's question, but he didn't think I was reading the Twitch. Um,
1: well, it's funny that my daughter's that that's they love going to the, the drive drive through donut window. And they do mix it up a little bit. I love a uh how about a custard filled chocolate icing regular traditional donut. You
0: put ketchup on it? No. God I hate that. <laughs> I I'm I mean I'm basic here. I'm a basic white girl i'll go uh i'll go glazed donut like that's it I, I like a good traditional glaze like if you do a good glazed donut well you're good like if you're gonna doctor up with all these chocolates and all these sprinkles and i don't all this need cream, the sprinkles give me a good glazed donut
1: you give me the chocolate eclair version of donut i'm good
0: yeah i'm gonna go a good glaze what do you say here joe i'm curious what you think i like you're the double
3: double uh double chocolate glaze.
0: Ooh, double? Yeah. Chocolate with
1: chocolate frosting and then glaze? Yeah.
3: Man, I'm going to keep it simple, stupid kind of cake guy. Cake or
1: regular?
0: I don't know if I know the answer cake to that question. Cake donut is more like <laughs> cake as a donut oh, is like crust like regular. fluffier. Yeah, regular. Aggie Matt says A.J. comes out of retirement to win the Rumble. He's entry number three. Well, that's where all the show-on-show show hate came from. It originated a, from A.J. Hoffman. <laughs> that's well done, Aggie Matt. That would be a good storyline. Uh, 713-780-3776. Now, why I will you so, say, why by are you the so way, opposed uh, to show-on-show show hate? What? Why are you so opposed to show on show hate? Because I have PTSD. I lived lived it every oh, day. Literally Stop being a baby. You literally just You literally
3: just you said that and then you drag Josh for <laughs> <laughs> talking about going to the gym and wearing a mask. Yeah, you drag can him. Dish he it. loves he like wearing tights.
1: It. He got sick doing it. He he likes the mask. Okay, <laughs> Creighton does too. I don't want to see either one of. Like, look, we we had a guy in this slot that also did. It's contagious around here, I guess.
0: Man, I'm seeing some different donuts on this Twitch that I've. Never oh, that's heard what I was going
1: to mention to you. My daughter. Someone tipped her off to it. Now, her go-to is there's something called a bullseye donut, I think it is, where it's a donut with a donut hole in the middle, and the donut hole is either cream or custard filled to go to
0: complement whatever flavored donut you get. Okay. I'll try that. I mean, I would try it. I bet you would. Yeah. 713-780-3776. Questions for the bees. fifty thirty. How often, blank, do you eat ketchup with steak?
1: No, never. The only time I ever had to was when you're growing up with a household that doesn't have hardly a ton of money. And if the steak was put on the table and my dad decided to indulge more in the alcohol than the cooking and it really looked like it was going to be a tough eat, Ketchup came out. Ketchup doesn't belong on steak.
0: I think we were arguing that the other day. I actually had your back on that. If I, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, right? Didn't you say he does it a lot? And I was like, No, nah, I don't yeah, think so. I think I was. Yeah, I was on your side nah, of that.
1: Thanks, Joe. You got an hour coming up, buddy.
0: I said, miss. I just said I was misinformed. You know, I listen to to Blankers. Yes, he know? does. I, I'm a I'm an avid listener. I
3: just he loves ketchup so much. I assume he put it on everything. Right, but that's
1: that's sacrilegious to put ketchup on steak unless you know the best like said, that
3: much. The best
0: quarterback in the NFL does it. Jay's
1: also true? got a multi-million-dollar deal with Heinz, right?
0: That's true. I can't imagine butchering it. My father-in-law made great steaks last night. It was his birthday, and he he, he did the cooking. That's weird. His his know. birthday, and he cooked. Yeah, it's all right. Though, let's not tell anybody. Um, he he like excellent steaks. I couldn't imagine butchering that thing with ketchup. Like that would be so disrespectful. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I love steak. Steak's my favorite food. Seven one three seven eight zero. Would you do that boiled version? Uh, so you're talking about sous vide? Yeah. Yeah, I would I have a sous vide. Yeah, why wouldn't no, I do that?
1: It just, that doesn't sound good at all.
0: If you've never had it, it's delicious. I don't want boiled steak. <laughs> You're a casual when it comes to steak Not
1: necessarily It's I just, delicious there, I like what I like And I don't think I would like boiled steak You never had steak. it You say right, you but like boiled what you steak. like And you never had it It's like boiled
0: it. chicken It's like Andrew taking the hate That he
1: rightfully deserves For eating boiled it's, chicken all the time I mean, it's There's delicious. no flavor to it
0: I would say I'd make one for you But I have zero interest in making one for you And I'm I appreciate gonna, <laughs> it I'm going to eat it myself It's delicious You put it in a little sous vide Get it nice and warm right? the, And it's perfect temperature Because you know it's perfect temperature Give it a nice little sear With some butter Some garlic A little thyme Oh. The poor marine justice. by the way is right and justice. I believe and
1: you guys witnessed it firsthand. I will put ketchup on a baked potato. No qualms, no questions asked.
0: That's yeah,
3: I know that. Yeah, That's you a, saw can it. Can I That's ask clarification about
1: that? Yep.
3: I think we talked about it last week. You don't, there's nothing else on it, right? Like you don't put sour cream on the baked potato and then add ketchup. No
1: other condiments or ketchup. toppings, but I would no. put like I put grilled I think the day that Jeremy saw me do it, I did grilled onions, grilled mushroom. Okay, that makes sense. And then ketchup.
3: I was just yeah, I, I was just think- making sure you didn't like load the baked potato. No. No. And then that add the sense. ketchup to it. Why?
0: Huh? You can't have sour cream and ketchup. Yeah, that, that I, no, no, I don't no, like. Saying, that. But the onions and the mushrooms. Like I feel like if you're going to go ketchup on a baked potato, it's got to be potato ketchup in a story. Nope, not in my book. Yeah. All right. Four four eight eight. Has Pierce lost his starting job? Yes. You think so? Yeah. You don't?
1: I don't. What? I, I just think <laughs> as quirky as they are about being adamant about the running game, they're going to be quirky about. A guy getting Wally pipped because he was injured, and when he's healthy, I think they're still going to start him.
0: Do you want? Do you want to win football? I'm, games? Not saying, I'm not saying I
1: want it, Jeremy. I'm just saying I don't think he's lost it yet.
0: I mean, he's went for 150 yards. Damian Pierce has 327 on the year. I think he's lost his job. Now, I mean, there's, you still need both. Like both are going to play. I, I think Singletary is, is Pierce the first guy on the field. I don't. I who cares? To me, it's more about usage. And Singletary's RB one on this football team. Okay, we'll see. 713-780-3776. All right, a busy, busy college football weekend. There was tons that went on in college football this weekend. What do you believe... After the college football weekend, that was. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I believe that if you ever get into a car wreck or an accident, first thing you need to do, put it in your mind now, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. We hope it doesn't happen to you ever, but if it does, remember, Hollingsworth Law Firm. Also, one reason to remember it, uh, you don't have to pay anything to Hollingsworth Law Firm until you win your case. Yeah, that's the best thing about all of this. Lawyers
1: these days are vultures, and they're out to get you as much as they're out to get the, whoever you're fighting against insurance companies uh, the other driver otherwise the fact that you're getting a law firm that specializes specializes it's what they do car wrecks and the fact that they're not going to charge you a single cent unless they win is exactly what you're looking for when you get in a car wreck you're looking for someone in your corner people that are going to be there every step of the way that are going to understand your side of it and fight for what you deserve and what you have a right to and that's why you go to hollingsworth law firm
0: yeah, these insurance companies are pesky. You don't want to deal with them. If you or someone you know has been injured in a car wreck or accident, you have to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. Don't pay until you win. The team at Hollingsworth Law Firm will fight for what's rightfully yours. Do not let the insurance companies run over you. Call right now for the free consultation at 713-999-8773. 713-999-8773. Visit them online, carwrecktexas.com. It's carwrecktexas.com.
1: What's up, bro? You believe that? You you, be- Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you believe that? Huh?
0: This Saturday is the final home game of the regular season. We'll be saluting our seniors. Join us for a night of thrilling plays, unforgettable moments, and a celebration of our dedicated athletes. Don't miss out on the excitement. Tickets start at just $15. Go to uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713 go Cougs now to get your tickets. Come early, be loud, wear red. We're also going to give away a pair of tickets right now. Houston, OK State, Saturday, Senior Night. Caller number five seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Uh, you're gonna go and watch the Houston Cougars no Oklahoma State. Call it five seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. All right, I believe. I believe. What do you believe after this weekend's college football games, Blinkers? Wow.
1: Well, um, I had a couple, and not my mind just—that's not good. No, I, I, I really. You know what? The more I watch the Pac-12, the more I believe in a conference that I didn't believe in. I believe that Washington is damn good. I believe that Washington's defense has a lot of guys that can play. Did you see, by the way, the big, the the what was the Leon Let play that happened with Washington late in that game? He had eligibility. No, the guy was run. The guy uh, picked the ball off, and he was going for a pick six. And he started celebrating at the five and dropped it at the two. Yeah, I saw that. Oh I mean, my
0: god, I was I felt for the guy, but I'm like, what a dumbass. Yeah, I mean at least led had BB chasing him. This guy had air yeah. chasing him. He just dropped. And it. everybody's I mean,
1: standing around. The officials won't put their hands in the air. Everybody's wondering why. And then the offensive lineman for Utah went, "Hey, wait a minute. I think I'm onto something."
0: Yeah, that was not a very smart play. Uh, Pac-12 has been good all year long, though. I yeah. guess you're, what, what, why are what? Why you down on I just, the Pac-12? You know what?
1: I, I just felt like. First of all, you know, getting Bo Nix and, and getting Pennix. Favorite to
0: win the Heisman, by the way.
1: Yeah, both of them are going to be in the Heisman conversation, but, come, you know, they weren't great where they came from. And I'm like, yeah, are they just taking, you know, SEC and Big Ten quarterbacks and trying to upgrade their conference? SC was supposed to be the cream of the crop, and without SC, that's still a damn good conference this year and it basically disbanding it at the end of the year. But those teams are, are for real.
0: Yeah, they're going out with a bang. Best year the Pac-12 has had in quite some time. Uh, speaking of... At least one coach in the Pac-12. Uh, Jimbo Fisher. This is what I believe. Jimbo Fisher pulled off the greatest heist in sports history. Uh, Jimbo, look, Jimbo already made a bunch of money. Like uh, he mm-hmm. made money that he while he was coaching there. Pretty sure he had a signing bonus. All of that. Jimbo Fisher got fired after they won against Mississippi State. Mississippi State also fired their coach. How about that? Yep. One game <laughs> determining the fate of two coaches. Jimbo Fisher got paid out $75 million. By far the biggest college football buyout ever paid. Gus Malzon, second, 21.5. Charlie Weiss, third, nineteen and 19 million. Willie Taggart, fourth, 18 million. Tama Herman, fifth, 15.4 million. You add all of those together, they're still less than Jimbo Fisher's $75 million. Greatest heist that a coach has ever pulled off in college football history.
1: I mean, you talk about working the system, Jeremy, and the fact that now the number is, uh, is upwards of 76 in guaranteed money and that they have to start paying immediately and there is no if he takes another job or you know other clauses that get them out of any of this. The fact is, is that just the first tenure deal was enough to make eyebrows go up and say at his age and is he going to be the right guy. But then when LSU supposedly kept you know, came calling and that that was a real deal, the fact that A&M panicked and added the extension that added all this money that's put them in this predicament... That's flat-out
0: embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know what they were panicking for. Like, he wasn't going to leave you. Um, He's got but, the ranch and everything here. He said he liked it here. Yeah, but it also shows you that Texas a prints money, and there is not a price too big for the fight in Texas Aggies. They're going to get out of anything. They're going to pay for whatever they want. They have big money boosters, and they're proving it. They're throwing their money around a little bit. And it's no surprise. I mean, A&M has tremendous resources. They find the right guy there, look out. I think that that's a sleeping giant in the SEC. couple of names I like there, by the way. See what you guys think? Yeah. I believe Dan Lanning would be pretty good there. He's the Oregon head coach. He's killing it at Oregon. Now, would he leave Oregon? I don't know. But A&M, they got Jimbo Lee, Florida State. They have more money than anybody. don't Phil Knight? I mean, they just paid out a coach more money than ever in a, in a college buyout. Phil I Knight so. Nike would like to have a word, though, in terms of – I think they can play that game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Oregon loses coaches. They lost Kelly to the NFL. Well, that's why I think –
1: that's why I think that this time around, he's not going to – Phil Knight is not going to get one up for Oregon.
0: The other name that I like there, and this isn't a sexy name at all, Glenn Schumann. I think Glenn Schumann would do really well there.
1: Where is he? He's the DC at Georgia. Oh, the DC at Georgia. Yeah, that he's gotten some run. I think Washington's head coach should get some run there. I've heard okay. Duke's head coach.
0: Oh yeah, Elko. He used to yeah. be there. Yeah. He used to be there. I've seen a lot of people. He used throw to around be the coordinator name Deion. there. Yeah, I think he used to be the DC there. I've seen a lot of people throw around the name Dion. I don't think the Dion is possible. I think Dion's too loyal to do it. See, I threw it out there before we knew that the A and M
1: job was going to be open at the start of the year when he started getting some run as as like the next big step up. I just don't think College Station's his scene either. So,
0: uh, I think it's a year too early.
1: Yeah, if this was UT, I think th- it would be legit. If this is A and I don't think so.
0: B- plus, I think it's a year too early. Like, I think the NCAA is going to start cracking down on the two-time transfer rule. Uh-huh. Sanders already transferred once. Hunter already transferred once. I-, I don't think that Dion's going to leave them yet. Uh, I think it's going to take a little bit longer. Lance Leopold just mentioned in the Twitch. I could see Leopold. Leopold. Maybe not a sexy name, but that guy's a ball coach. He can coach him up. You've
1: seen UTSA up close and personal. Yeah, I
0: don't. I don't think that's a big enough name for the Aggies. Yeah, Aggies okay. shop at the top of the market, man. Did
1: yeah, they do? But again, it's similar to what Tillman did when he was over. You know, overpaying Daryl Morey when he decided to, 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 the next hire wasn't going to be the big home run, sexy name. That I'm just questioning, you're right. Aggies got all the money in the world, but are they going to already, after paying out all this buyout, are they going to go give $90 million to somebody else right away?
0: Aggies don't care. Aggies have more money than they can you know, do with. Like They're going to go pay somebody. They're going to go find somebody. They're going to get somebody big, big, huge. Somebody You, think, said, you guys think, think Jimbo so. coaches again? No, no way. He shouldn't. No way. I wouldn't. I'd be done. Go live in that ranch, $75 million, count my money every day, every night. Gen- I don't General know if he would stay
1: away from football, but if I was him, he—I w- I would.
0: I'm. I uh, would. I don't know. Some people are built different. You're right. Some people just can't stay They're away. They're lifers, yeah. Yeah, they are. You're right. You're right. All right, Joe, what do you believe? Well, I just want to throw in uh, Kyle
3: Whittenham, the Utah head coach. Oh, I think so he would be a great call. fit. That's a great name. I think he would be the perfect coach for a and I don't think they need a big name. I think they need a good football coach, and that's what he is. Like What he does at Utah, you bring that with the recruits, the money at Texas a and I think they finally become like what everyone wants them to be.
1: It's a great call.
3: Um, I don't think he's sexy enough. I don't think he is either, but I think, I think that's their, that's going to be, I think, their fatal flaw in the search because they've been there, done that once with Jimbo. They should hire the best football coach, yeah. not the sexiest I don't, I don't, name. I, I think over the last couple
1: seasons, he's proven what he's done with Utah to be a bit bigger name than than maybe otherwise advertised. I think he's a big enough name.
3: See, I right, believe my, Blake? Uh, my one here is that uh, if we're a college football playoff when the rankings come out tomorrow, I know that they beat or got beat by Texas. I think Alabama is definitely the better team now, and they should be in front of Texas and Oregon in the college football playoff rankings tomorrow. Uh, yep, I can see it. Yep, they're playing good football, man.
1: I think Milrose playing starting to come into his own. I
3: really wish we had the 12 team this year.
0: Yeah, this is the year for
1: it. Because, yep. like,
3: even Mizzou, like, I would love to see Mizzou. Boy,
0: how impressive have they been.
3: Yeah, like, I just, I, I'm bummed we don't get the 12-teamer this year. How we about Drinkovich,
0: next coach in College Station?
3: That'd be interesting. I, I think that goes to, I would rather, I think they'll go for a bigger, if they don't go name, they'll go bigger school. I think Utah's a bigger, like, Whittenham's a bigger higher than that.
0: Sharon Miller, he was the interim. Am I saying his name right? I believe so. He had the weirdest post game show I've ever seen. The, the Michigan coaching staff are is that a bunch the of cry weirdos, fest, dude? Yeah, that's the cry fest. Yeah, like, he was cursing. He was crying. Like I felt like he was coaching his retirement game. Like it was weird. They made
3: it seem like Harbaugh died.
0: Yeah, I but didn't want to say did.
1: that. And, and just like he was the you know their lord and savior, the way that they were like bowing down to him, it was. I, I agree.
0: It was cringeworthy. It was too much, man. It was too much. You beat beat Penn State. Like, you're supposed to beat Penn State. You're Michigan. You have the best roster in college football. I don't need you crying post game like you were David beating Goliath, like you were the, uh, you know, miracle on ice. Like, you were favored by, what, 14? Come on, man. That was weird. All right, that's it for I Believe. I'm going to go call a college basketball game. The the boys are going to take you the rest of the way. What stood out the most to you about C.J. Stroud in this game? Killer Bs, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.